Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Cody Jansen with you. I want to tell you, Roos Chris Steakhouse, the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated the 99th Roos Chris is currently closed uh, for the next few weeks to comply with provincial health guidelines. But Brendan and the staff at Roos Chris are wishing you a safe and happy holiday season and looking forward to seeing you again when the province opens up in the new year. All right, uh, just had Ken Holland on the show. Made it official. Oscar Clefbaum will not play this season. Um evaluating how to handle things and looking at a potential return for 21-22. I think most of us had expected and factored in that Clef Bomb uh, was out. Um, also mentioned that Gaetan Haas may be delayed uh, because of a challenge that occurred over in Switzerland. Uh, and certainly during the course of that conversation made it apparent that the Oilers would investigate the possibility of adding a, a veteran uh, defenseman. My guess is that defenseman would be a left shot uh, Many out there have put some names out there along the lines of a Slater Cuckoo or a Ben Hutton. player like that might make some sense. I think it would have to be a guy that's uh, played, you know, 75-plus games in the NHL. We go to our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on 24-7 service and repairs. I will mention uh, we do have coming up today at 105, Al Strachan, who... Uh, was a tour de force on hockey's hot stove throughout the 90s and into the 2000s. So we are going to shed some insight on that as uh, we bring John Shannon into the show. John, how are you doing? Good, Bob. Does that mean you and Al uh, have kissed and made up and you're all friends now? Well, when were we not friends? I, I'm trying to recall. I don't ever recall us. Well, I I got... I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you, he, he, you ticked him off at some point. Well, how? I was so irrelevant. I wouldn't have mattered. I'm serious. Like I'm just there. Hey, there's lots of guys I've ticked off at one time or another, but I was a little bit far down the food chain for Al to get really upset. You know what I'm saying? So uh, certainly when Al, I mean, I don't think people. I mean, you produced the the um, the segment from basically what the mid 1990s until the mid 2010s. That was a huge part of what Hockey Night in Canada did, John, on CBC. Yeah, it changed and morphed over the, uh, a few years, but uh, Al, Al became a contributor early on and then became a regular, I believe, in 1997, uh, where it was uh, he and, uh, and, and, and J.D. and, uh, uh, you know, a... Uh, a, a band of, of contributors from all over the country uh, that worked, and Al, Al did a solid job. I mean, he he, he still had a newspaper job, but uh, uh, he loved coming on hockey night. We loved having him, and uh, and he made uh, he made the second intermission fun. And of course, Don Cherry was on in the first intermission, and one of the things that I found with that segment is it was not overly sanitized. They just kind of brought it, and sometimes they said stuff that maybe the league and some of the players and managers didn't necessarily uh, hear. I mean, we're living in a time with incredible 
uh, spin out there, be it if you're from the left and or from the right politically, and you can someone someone say, well, wait a sec, Stoffer, you're employed by the Oilers Entertainment Group, hosting a show called Oilers Now. You're not bringing me the truth. I mean, some might feel that way. I would like to try to say that uh, I try to bring it to you as honestly as I can. But th- they were pretty blunt and direct back in the day, especially during the time in which you produced the show, John. I think it, it, it's it's deeper than that, uh, Bob. Um, you know, we were we were producing a television show for uh, the CBC. We weren't producing a, t- a television show for the NHL. Uh, and in many ways, uh, with w- everything that we did on that Saturday night broadcast, uh, we kind of viewed ourselves as a gatekeeper. Uh, we were keeping an eye on what was going on in the game for the best of Canadians. Uh, trying to protect Canadians and making sure that everybody understood what was going on. Uh, and at times that meant that you uh, you cross swords with uh, the commissioner, you cross swords with uh, with ownership. Uh, but my philosophy always was, and, and by the way still is, uh, there's little criticism if you're fair. Uh, and being fair more than anything else is... Uh, is the most important thing. So if, if somebody got mad at you and said, well, you said this, and we would say, well, is it not true? Yes, but you, you know, why did you say it? Well, because it was true. We backed it up, uh, and it was the fair thing to do. Uh, so so from that perspective, that's what John Davidson did. That's what Al Strachan did. Although Al did have a little bit of an edge, and Al, Al liked to play the part. And Al, as, as I've said many times, good television has sandpaper. Uh, and uh, at times, Al was that great sandpaper to what Ron McLean and, and John Davidson and whoever else was on the show, whether it be Eric Dehatchek or Jim, Jim Houston uh, or a, a ton of a Red Fisher, a myriad of people uh, that contributed to the show. It's interesting, John. Uh, there's a guy that does a morning show here in Edmonton on CBC who used to do sports, Mark Connolly. And he's about as direct and to the point of a guy, and I've always, you know, admired that about him because some have said at a, at a federal level with the CBC that maybe we don't necessarily get the most balanced perspective on politics, not on sport, on politics. So it is it. I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say there's people out there that feel that way, that maybe they favor one party over, over another. That's a conversation for another time and another day. Uh, has politics entered the fray with where we're at right now at the National Hockey League and the various provincial health jurisdictions, John? I don't think it ever left, Bob. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think it ever left. Wow. wow. I mean, I, I, I mean, which is why the bubble wasn't in Vancouver in the summertime. Uh, you know, Doug Ford, the premier here in Ontario, has just announced that there's no decision been made whether Ottawa or Toronto will be able to play at home. Uh, although, I mean, I, I, I do think that it, he's going to leave that up to his public health officials. And and there are talks ongoing and will continue, I, I suspect, through the holidays that will allow uh, Ottawa and Toronto to play at home. A similar situation in Montreal with Canadians. So I, I, I think that when, when and, and, and there are there are lots of questions because, you know, we we're a little myopic in the in the sports world. We say, well, you know, there's only 50 guys and they're going to play the game. And so what's the problem? So what's the, what's the difference between that and, and opening a church on a Sunday? Uh, and those are things that the public health officials have to take for the for the whole of society, not just for sports fans. So there's there's a ton of there's 
ton of variables. There's a ton of aspects that you and I will never understand, but the other people smarter than us will have thought through. But politics will always be part of what we've seen in both countries when it comes to whether players can play and people can do whatever they want during the pandemic. John, you're far too modest. First of all, I try to understand everything. And secondly, I am as smart as a lot of those people. <laughs> well, then, Bob, maybe you should run. Maybe you should run. No, 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 no. I've already, as you know, I've already taken <laughs> Oh, no. Come on, listen, listen. You know what we need? We need we need the smart people. We need the good people uh, in in, uh, in 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 office in public places. So that you know, you should consider it. John, I'm smart enough to realize that I'm inherently flawed. <laughs> Uh, all right, so but I am going to provide a uh, perspective for you. So in this country currently, you've been able to fly all over Canada without quarantine. In fact, fly all over Canada without being tested or without being quarantined as you go from province to province. Well, in fact, no, in, no, 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 that's not necessarily so. I mean, in Manitoba, you had to quarantine okay. for 14 oh, days. And, okay. and, and, in the, and in the in the maritime bubble, in the Atlantic bubble, you had to quarantine for 14 okay. days. So, the, so within within within... With Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta, British Columbia, we were a little more lax than they were in some provinces. So somebody from Toronto, theoretically, who's not been tested could hop on a flight uh, with a bunch of other people not being tested on a daily basis and fly into the province of B.C. and until about a week ago, till an outbreak happened at Big White, or uh, they, they could fly to Kelowna or fly into Vancouver and go up to Whistler and go ski with their buddies, and nobody would have been tested and nobody would have had to have sit down and been quarantined or anything and conversely ken holland just told him it was his belief that the players were going to be tested every day and the teams were going to be on private charters the entire time not on a uh you know not on a commercial flight i mean it is it is an interesting discussion isn't it john well listen the the the, the rigmarole that the national hockey league and the teams are going to have to be put through in order for this to work will have to be uh, uh, above reproach, as it was during the two bubbles. I mean, the charters are not a problem. Eating hotel food or room service and, and you know, you not being able to walk to the arena, you're going to have to go through a secure area through the bus, um, that, on the bus. I mean, those are things that have been agreed to by the Players Association and the league that will have to get sign-off from the public health authorities for this to work. What we have to do is make sure that not only the players, not only the coaches and the trainers, but all the arena workers are safe as well. And that, and that's where when you get beyond you know, the, the contracted players and you, you get on with the working public, then you're asking for the public health officials to be involved. And that's become, that was the issue right from the beginning in Vancouver where they wanted to be involved in the bubble from the beginning, that if the one one player or one person in Rogers Arena in Vancouver was in, uh, was uh, found to prove be positive, then they could shut the place down for four days. Well, that was that was not really palatable for the National Hockey League. That's why it ended up in Edmonton. So, from that perspective, um, you you know they have jobs to do. You know yes. that they have strong-willed people. And we're just going to have to wait and see and see what the agreement will be. Yeah, it's it. But I, I'm pleased that you admit that it is uh, partially political because I agree with you. Oh, I, and no I'm question. and I'm respectful of the work that people do and 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 try to understand, John. 
multiple points of view on this because there's some, there's even some doctors that have slightly varying uh, perspectives as to how we should be handling this current ongoing situation. And it is a current ongoing situation. So the league, uh, you've said all along you expect the league to play. We're, it looks like we're, we're there. Um, let me ask you this. If worse comes to worse, do you envision an Edmonton bubble again? I, you know, the interesting thing is I somebody actually asked me this question about an hour ago, and I said, don't be surprised if the Canadian division, the North division, starts differently than the other three, which is one of the reasons I think we haven't seen a schedule, really, in so many ways. Um, but don't be surprised if we end up with a bubble scenario in the North division for a month, and uh, and then teams playing in their own arenas in the United States. But you know what? San Jose's got the same issue that Vancouver and, and some of the Canadian teams has. New York State could have a similar scenario based on what Andrew Cuomo was saying about a lockdown. I mean, this thing is far from done. What the NHL and the Players Association have done at least is create a blueprint, create a plan, and now they can work off of it. And I think that's what I think a lot of people wanted that because, you know, up until, you know, late in the week, we thought that there was nothing happening. Now we've heard that things are happening. And now there, there's the ability to be agile, flexible, and understand the issues of the pandemic will help the NHL get to the next level, which is on the 13th of January, starting to play games. We're joined right now by John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, is anywhere deep in the recesses of your mind, and I guess I'm saying you have a deep and intellectual mind, do you think there's a possibility this could still be pushed back? I mean, uh, I know Mitch has just texted us on the Ashley Five Floors text line. Ontario will enter a province-wide lockdown. This story broke 47 minutes ago, starts December yep. the 26th. Uh, yep. for, for Southern Ontario, 28 days in the South, 14 days in Northern Ontario. There are cases in, the cases in Ottawa right now are at the level rate that it was like in Edmonton back in the, in the spring, uh, back in like May and June. So on that note, do you think there could be, this thing could be pushed back from January 13th, possibly to later in the month or even early February before we got started? I think anything's possible. Bob, I really do. Okay. I'm not trying, I mean, so the answer is yes. I, I, I think that, you know, we have, to, we have to understand how serious this is. I mean, because people are now starting to get vaccinations in the United States does not mean that this thing's over there. No. Uh, you know, we're talking about it being at its peak on the 15th of January in the United States. And that will not include, that will not include the cases that will occur over this Christmas holiday season. That's when the Thanksgiving holiday stuff will be in play. So that's how deep this is. And, and when you do get a vaccine, it will take take you six weeks for the vaccine to prove for you to be immune. So all, there are so many things that could change. But again, what I what I think that Gary what Gary and Bill did was by creating and announcing something yesterday was saying, listen, we have a plan. Now we can work off of it. And now we need to be flexible. And we got to be flexible with our sponsors, with our television networks, with our radio rights holders, with our teams, 
with hotels, with everybody. I think that's the key thing. Be flexible and agile and be creative. We're joined by our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates and 24-7 service and repairs. Ken Holland makes it official. Now, obviously, we had a pretty good idea this was going to be the case. No Oscar Clefbaum uh, for the season. Ken also indicating that uh, now it's time to get after and get something done with Ethan Bear. Potential of the Oilers adding another veteran defenseman, maybe in the $750,000 to $800,000 range. Any concerns from your end? on the Oilers' defense, John, to start the season? Well, I mean, when you lose Clifton, you lose a pretty darn good player. You use the quarterback on your power play. I think that that has to be a concern. The one thing that it does do is that because I haven't talked to Ken uh, today, but uh, I assume that Clifton will go on LTIR, uh, which means that the, uh, the Oilers are now under the cap. So that's the if there's a a positive out of all of this, that does give Ken some flexibility to go find that veteran defenseman and probably try to do a deal with Bear sooner than later. So the the question then becomes is you know does a who who on the taxi squad because there's going to be a taxi squad who in the taxi squad Evan Bouchard is he going to make a difference maybe Samarukov is it too early for him to make a difference maybe. You know, there are a few guys down there that could probably help, but it's going to take a little while. I, you know, I, I think that the defense is, uh, is, you know, a concern, but I don't think it's the biggest concern that this hockey team has. What is the biggest concern? In goal? Yeah, I think so. I, I still do. I, I, I think so. I think, you know, it, regular season, I think, you know, Mike and uh, Nico played pretty darn well. But, uh, you know, it's been a while. And, uh, and and how long will it take a veteran goaltender to get back in, into playing shape? I think that that's a concern. Uh, and consistency. To me, do you have consistent goaltending? And I think that Kenny's aware of that. And I think, and I think Dave's aware of that. I think that's the, the one thing that uh, a lot of Oilers fans will be concerned about in the short term. But again, you know, this is such a strange season. I, I, and I'm not suggesting we turn a blind eye to the issues with the hockey club and just be happy that they're playing. Um, but you know what? I would, I would just be thrilled to see regular season hockey at, at, at Rogers Place and, uh, and see the Oilers playing against other Canadian teams and, and enjoy the 56 games. John, thanks for your time. Look forward to catching up on Wednesday. Say hello to Strack for me. I'll try to. All right. That is John Shannon. He is our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling, paying overtime rates for 24-7 service and repairs. When we come back, we'll get into the Oilers Now Audio Vault and update you on the Oilers prospects. This is Oilers Now. Hi, it's Darnell. Welcome back, everybody. The Chisler has texted the show on the Ashley Five Floors text line. He says, not officially on my Christmas break, Bob, and this is not a killer text that's established that, but I'm thrilled on the 56-game season. And the Canadian division is going to be great. Deep in the recesses of my mind, I heard you uh, had a towel over uh, your head, sweating profusely as Alabama squeaked out a victory over the Florida Gators on Saturday night. Don't be surprised when Clemson hoists it all. Well, <laughs> Bama's going to crush Notre Dame. I can tell you that right now. They're going to—they're twenty-point favorites already. Twenty-point favorites. Uh, Clemson's going to be tough. They're going to be real tough. As we go into the Oilers Now Audio Vault, brought to you by Direct Workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. 
Elliot Friedman joined us Friday for the River Curry Resort and Casino. He had this to say on the possibility of playing in a Canadian hub for Canadian teams. Hubs have gained, like, a week ago, I wrote about Hubs, and I had players telling me we have not heard a thing about Hubs, and now they've started to hear about Hubs. So it's clear to me what happened, uh, Bob, was that the NHL was always working on a contingency plan, as they should. It would be stupid not to. Uh, They were working on a contingency plan, and then when it became more and more close to reality, they brought it up to the players. And in Canada, initially the three cities they were talking about were Edmonton, Montreal, and Toronto. I think Montreal was out um, because uh, just what was going on in Quebec. And, you know, I, I, I heard that both Edmonton and Toronto were still on the board. And I know there was a story in Edmonton today, but I, I believe both cities are still there. In the States, I've heard it's um, Columbus, Newark, and Vegas, although somebody told me Arizona was a possibility too. Um, so I think what it is is a hub for as little as possible. The preference among the players, the team, and the league is to play in your own building. Um, however, numbers go up. There is a realization that may, that may not be possible. So, and now with this Canadian division thing, or, or the or what's going on with the governments, you know, it's a real challenge. It's it's a huge challenge. I think, Bob, like I said, the preference is your own building, but there's a growing realization we might have to start in hubs. And uh, again, we know the information on the weekend just heard, uh, that was Elliot Friedman, uh, with our Oilers now audio vault for direct work, where he just heard John Shannon add to that as well. And I guess we'll see. That's all we can say at this stage. We'll see what ends up transpiring. There's going to be some challenges. Um, BC, big into contact tracing, uh, not big into testing at the same amount that some other provinces across the country have had. But to BC's credit, lower death rate than Alberta. Uh, Alberta has a significantly lower death rate uh, for COVID than Manitoba, Ontario, and certainly Quebec. Quebec uh, up over 900 deaths per million. Alberta is under 200 deaths per million, as an example. 49 of the 50 U.S. states have a higher death rate uh, than uh, Alberta. The only one that doesn't, we've discussed this before. Where's Bernie Sanders from? I always forget that, Vermont. All right, into the orders now. Prospect Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, James H. Brown. They want you to stay safe and have a wonderful holidays. And here at the 630 Chad Studios is Cody Jansen. Well, this is a big one. Oilers prospect Philip Broberg been named captain for Sweden for the World Juniors. 19-year-old won a bronze at the tournament last year. Carter Savoy scored once again for Denver yesterday in college hockey action. Pioneers lost 3-1 against St. Cloud, but the goal brings the freshman's totals up to 7 on the season. And across the pond, Raphael Lavoie had an assist over the weekend as Vasby picked up a win over Carl Skoga in all Svenskan action. There you go. That, again, is our Oilers Now Prospect Report, which is brought to you every day, uh, Monday through Friday at 12.57 on Oilers Now by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. At 105, we will hear uh, from uh, one of the uh, most prominent uh, hockey media voices throughout the, uh, well, basically the, the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s into the 2010s. Al Strachan, his book, Hockey's Hot Stove, when we return after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.